Happy New Year and welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream for Week 17. I'm Mick Tanier, along with the founder of Football Outsiders himself, Aaron Schatz, and our retooled, retooled version of the Monday live stream. Ian O'Connor, my longtime partner here, has moved on to greener pastures. Literally moved on to greener pastures. He's going to Churchill Downs, ladies and gentlemen. That's pretty exciting. Um, so, but Aaron is here, and we're going to be getting you through the last two weeks, getting you through the playoffs, and getting you through the rat race. Okay. And uh, in that case, what we're talking about here is eight teams, three playoff berths, and who's going to get in. How you doing, by the way, Aaron? I'm good. I'm doing all right. I had a good new year. Nice. Good new year. We at the game yesterday. I did not. I didn't go to the game this week. I decided that uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get up early enough after New Year's Eve. So I slept in and skipped the game. I watched it from home. It was that kind of New Year's. It was, yeah, I have a good New Year's. Excellent. 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 Well, you, you, I guess you didn't miss much, but now Patriots have something to play for. Yeah, I mean, I missed I missed kibitzing with the other reporters after the game about how the Patriots still have something to play for. But and I missed seeing, hey, inverted cover two when Kyle Duggar picked off uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and then Teddy Bridgewater dislocated his finger trying to make a tackle. But right. that might have been the peak Patriots Dolphins moment of the season where you have a pick six and the Dolphins have a random quarterback injury that kind of sinks their uh, their chances. But I think we plan to start out in the NFC. And so we're gonna, we won't go offline too badly here. Starting out the NFC, where we have a pretty simple scenario, right? NFC wildcard circus. Three teams, one uh, seventh seed overall, Lions, Seahawks, and Packers. I want to look something up real quick, man. What do our numbers say about this? And what's your take on who you think is getting it? We have the Packers at 55%. Uh-huh. The Seahawks at 32%. And the Lions at 13%. Ooh, why so low? Because well, what the Lions need is to not only... So let's say the Lions and Packers, right? We have the Packers to win that game 55% of the time. It's in right. Green Bay, I believe, right? Yes, um, yes. So let's say the Lions win that 45% of the time. The problem is they also need the Seahawks to beat the Rams. And the Rams are lousy. And the only thing they have to play for is to upset the Seahawks season. Right. So that's what the lie. That's because so it's a, there's a good chance the Seahawks win that game. So that's why the Lions' chances are so low. Wow. Yeah, and that makes sense because remember the Rams don't even have a first round pick to try and win or lose for. They're just sort of out there playing. I guess Baker Mayfield is playing for his next contract. There's that. Right. Which, for all I know, might be with the Rams. I mean, maybe he's Stafford's backup next year. Oh God, what a thought. I, I pulled the odds. I wanted to pull up to the minute odds here. Uh, the Detroit Lions are now at plus 850. No, I haven't yeah. done a, a, a odds to a probability simulator there. They're at plus 850. The Seahawks are at plus 275. And right now the Packers are just completely off the board. I guess that speaks to the likelihood. The favorites. I'm surprised that they're not offering the Packers at least with negative odds, like, you know, minus 200 or something. But That's what I was expecting. I was expecting to see minus 200, minus 250. I'm guessing they're worried about action coming in on that side here's the other problem is the scheduling now i mean greg rosenthal thought i was wrong yesterday when i wrote this on twitter the fear is that if they make green bay detroit the night game mm -hmm. 
If Seattle wins over the Rams, Detroit suddenly has nothing to play for. Right. So what if Detroit says, okay, I'm try, but you really injured players are not going to like stick it out to go out there at a game that's meaningless and sus. Thus, Green Bay wins easily, and Seattle sort of screwed themselves by winning. Like, I know it's Dan Campbell, and he wants to wants to bite the kneecaps, and so yeah. we're like, no, there's no way Dan Campbell is going to lie down if he has a chance yeah. to kick the Packers out of the playoffs. But even the like remote possibility that it might happen means they really need to play Packers Lions and Seahawks Rams at the same time. They should make those games fourth. 30 in the afternoon right. on Sunday, but it's likely they're not going to. It's likely Packers are and so maybe that's why they're keeping the Packers off the board because of the feeling that if the Seahawks win, the Packers are yeah. kind of automatically in. That's very possible. And that's something that would get the house very nervous. And I've been frantically updating, trying to find the schedule. They're not going to run the schedule, I think, till tonight until probably after the game. No, in fact, they may not do the schedule until after tonight's game. Yeah. And here's why. If Cincinnati loses to Buffalo, it saves them because then they can make Baltimore-Cincinnati the night game Yes, for the AFC North title. Yes. Although for ratings purposes, I understand you want Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay in the night game, but Joe Burrow and Cincinnati is not – doesn't have the same national following, but you've got the name. Joe Burrow brings a name to the night game. Right. Well, they already punted on, like, when I first looked at the schedule, like, oh, it's going to be Tennessee versus Jacksonville. And they punted yeah. on that one pretty quickly. Like, no, we're not putting that in prime. We'll put it on Saturday night prime time. I think their feeling that. is those those fan bases, even if Lawrence is a name at this point, those fan bases are just too small. Yes. NBC didn't want that one. Yes. And I think it was 2017 they did not have a night game. Yes, there was one year where it was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. And so NBC was like, you know what? Like, we're not going to get ratings for a game on New Year's Eve anyway. There's no right. game that belongs. Like, the playoffs were all, like, decided at that point. They just right. said, screw it, we're not doing a game. Right. Very interesting conundrum. I guess they could even do two Sunday night games. Yeah, I don't think NBC wants that. No, they don't, because that's another... another network would have to pick one would be on cnbc first of all they would have to go out and find announce well no they would both be on nbc right one of them might be on like usa they would have to go and find a second team of announcers and they don't want to do that yeah that's a that's a complete mess so and that's probably you're right what the house is waiting for so our odds favor the packers i take it you favor the packers as well i mean yeah in that i mean like let's just say packers lions is 50 50 Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if it's 50 Packers, Packers get in. If it's 50 Lions, the Lions probably don't get in. So, <laughs> right. it's, you know, I mean, I think you would have to favor the Packers. But I mean, all three teams have a chance because the Seahawks and and Rams, the Rams tend to play the Seahawks pretty well. Right. I mean, yeah. so, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Rams upset the Seahawks. So if the Lions can beat Green Bay, then then they're in. Yeah. It was interesting looking at the DVOA and weighted DVOA this morning, seeing how close these te- these three teams are. You know, yeah. if, if there wasn't a meaningless game in the scenario here, pretty much for Seattle, or at least for the Rams, 
they're all, I believe, what they're eighth, ninth, and eleventh in weighted. The Lions teams. moved to seventh in weighted this week. They passed yeah. Baltimore, and then the yes. Packers are ninth, and then I think Seattle's like eleventh or something. Seattle's eleventh, but it shows how the Packers and and Lions, particularly in the last couple of weeks, in particular with the Packers, have really just climbed and kind of erased some of that, uh, some of that pro- the problems they were having earlier in the year. Yeah, absolutely. Packers offense and defense have both been better in recent weeks. And special um, teams. Special teams, yeah. Keyshawn uh, Nixon with the big yes. return yesterday. Yes, my guy, Keyshawn Nixon. They gave him a block punt too, but these things happen. All right. So the Packers, all the odds are in their favor at this point because of the way it stacks up. Who do you want to see? I want to see the Lions. Okay. Because I like seeing suffering fan bases get some success. And I feel like the Packers fans and the Seahawks fans have had plenty to celebrate over the last, even if it's just, getting the seventh seed so they can lose in the first round of the playoffs to San Francisco. Like I'd like to see the lions get in. I'm rooting for the lions. I like that. I kind of like watching the Seahawks play even more so than the lions. I do enjoy watching the lions to a degree, but the, the Seahawks, they feel novel. They feel unpredictable. Um, I wouldn't hate seeing them get in there, seeing Gino get this opportunity. Um, you're right. You know, it's only been a couple of years. It's not exactly like this is a long suffering fan base, but it's a very new team. It feels like a new team. Um, and I'd just be curious to see what they do. I mean, we're all, unless you're a Packers fan, we're all bored of the Packers and we're sick of Aaron Rodgers' nonsense. <laughs> so unless you're a Packers fan, you're not rooting for the Packers to get. I, I don't think the Packers are the most exciting. Like if you said, who's the most exciting of these three teams to watch, it's right. either the Lions offense when it's all clicking or it's the Seahawks Seahawks offense because they go deep. Yes. Yes. And then you've got these sort of Aaron Rodgers experience of now he occasionally mm. launches bombs to the rookies and you've seen it before and you're waiting for them to lose and him to, to get his little surly uh, facial expressions. No one other than the Packers fans wants the Packers in. Right. And Packers fan. I'm not even, Ian was a Packers fan. And if you're listening, good luck, buddy. The rest of us are rooting against you. Um, there's your NFC. Now, before we get to the AFC wildcard picture, which is a hoot nanny, we have the big AFC South. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Jaguars, Titans, looking at this. And uh, do we have anything to say except that this is just time for a, 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 a requiem for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I mean, the Titans are 26th in weighted DVOA, and that's only with a couple of games that aren't Tannehill, right? Most of those games are still Tannehill. So they're honestly worse with Dobbs or Willis. And I right. have a feeling they haven't announced who's going to start yet, but I think we're benching Willis and we need to get Dobbs up to speed is going to win out over we're keeping Willis healthy and he's going to start week 18. I think it's going to be Dobbs. It's going to be Dobbs. I think Dobbs gave them the excuse they wanted. Yeah, he played okay. He played okay. If you ignore like the pick sixes that bounced off of chests and things like that. And again, eight days in the system, career backup. Um, did you, were you awake for that game? Did you watch that game? Did I you- honestly skipped it. I, I'm going to be really <laughs> honest. Oh, no shame. No shame. It, it, was, it was a challenging watch. You know, it was your typical, for most of the game, the Cowboys are going to play down to whoever for a while. And they yeah, played They had down. turnovers in the first half. and Right. And finally and, pulled and, away with it in the second half. Right. That was it. It was lame. Dobbs had his moments. Uh, it's just hard to see what the Titans have anymore that makes them a playoff caliber team. No, they have so many injuries. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, they, the answer is Derrick Henry, I guess, but yeah. Right. right. And if Henry's back and Simmons is back and Simmons was out last week too. Yeah. Simmons is yeah good. But, but like a lot of their players are injured and, um, and the quarterback situation is non is a non-factor. So, I mean, the Jaguars are just hotter and better and have been better all season. And right. it'll be great to see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. That will be fun to say. I guess that we just explained our question as to why that game is on Saturday night and on Sun or not Sunday, because there's so little to say about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just not a lot to say about the Titans. Everything is really just hopes that Derrick Henry goes ham. <laughs> oh God. Now on the wild card, that's where the action is right now. Yes. Where we have the Dolphins coming off their fifth straight loss. We have the Patriots coming off a comeback victory um, and a game in which they didn't cough it up late in the game, which is kind of what they've been doing lately. And we have the Steelers. Who are still here, yeah. Who are still here because Mike Tomlin can squeeze victories out of moonbeams somehow. And there's also a bizarre scenario where the Jaguars lose, but yet wind up with a wild card. And good for them for winding up in this weird little nether region. Right. Uh, what 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 are our odds say? What's what are our numbers say? Surprisingly, despite the fact that I'm you know, punishing them for having a third string quarterback, the Dolphins still get in forty nine percent. So we have their game against the Jets as a fifty fifty, basically. Okay. Then the Patriots are twenty three percent. Right. The Steelers are twenty three percent. And no. the Jaguars are 5%. Right. Now, the Jaguars. If you, if you ask me what I think is going to happen, yes. I feel like the Dolphins are just falling apart and Skylar Thompson is not a real quarterback. <laughs> and the Patriots, not only are the Bills a better team, but when we talk about how teams match up and certain teams, remember how we said a few minutes ago, doesn't it seem like the Rams always do well against the yeah. Seahawks? Certain teams just match up certain ways. Mm -hmm. The Bills are just a horrible matchup for the Patriots. So I'm assuming the Patriots are going to get crushed by a Bills <laughs> team that should have something still left to play for, for the number right. one seed. Right. Which means if the Dolphins lose to the Jets, the Steelers are actually, if you asked me which of these teams is going to make it, I would say the Steelers. I would love the Steelers to get in over the carcass of the Browns. That would be a fun way to finish the season. By yeah, Steelers. I mean, you know, the Browns will be trying to win to keep the Steelers out, rivalries right. and all that. And But the Browns are not – Browns have not been good on offense since Deshaun Watson came in. He just looks like a guy who has missed a year and a half. Yes, yeah, he absolutely does. They got a win. Guess who threw three interceptions in the win yesterday? Whatever. Uh, I would love the Steelers to steamroll Deshaun Watson and and for that them to get in. Uh, I impressions of that Dolphins Patriots game yesterday. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the Patriots offense is what you think it is. They run too many screens. There's, you know, receivers run into each other. You know, <laughs> I, we, we talked about this on the show. I yeah. am not a believer that Mac Jones is bad. I okay. believe Mac Jones is average and he's just stuck in a bad situation. Okay. Um, the defense is plays great. And it does seem like random things do happen to go their way a lot. And uh, Patrick Seeley says it's an offense without an offensive coordinator. And yeah, I mean, that's basically it. that's what it is. I mean, I feel like they showed, these teams showed that they're 
especially when the Dolphins have a backup quarterback, they're like average teams. They're like average teams. There are a lot of average teams this year. Yeah. And the Patriots defense, I don't want to take credit away from the Patriots defense. I don't know how many pick sixes and fumble returns they have this year. It's been amazing. The things they've done to shut down some of these opponents have been amazing. I mean, the lead, they lead the league, I believe, in interceptions. Okay. And the fact is, you know, we've done research about, you know, roughly 20% of passes defense turn into mm-hmm. interceptions. Mm-hmm. It's very likely if you went back through the year, you would find that the Patriots have been a little bit lucky in terms okay. of how often passes defense have turned into interception. You know, they've just kept their hands on the ball. Right. Well, there's one yesterday where the ball tips from one guy to the other. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, it's a very strong defense. There's no question that, that what they, you know, they lost their best corner. They played yeah. yesterday against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Yes. Without three of their top four cornerbacks. Right. That's crazy. They had guys that literally joined the team like a week and a half ago mm-hmm. playing cornerback against really good receivers. Yes. So, I mean, you know, God, say what you want about Belichick's decisions on offense this year. He still, like, knows how to scheme a defense. He does. And it and really Don't was. sleep on Mayo and, and Steve Belichick being part of that and what's going to happen with them in the future. Right. And, and it wasn't all, well, they just got incredible amounts of pressure or they took the other team out of it. On, no, underwater. they didn't get great pressure, actually. <laughs> like, compared to other games this season, there was less Judon and Uche than usual. Christian Barmore was the man. He was yeah. like, he was, it was like, wow, it's nice to him have him back. He played really well. But right. uh, there was definitely less Judon and Uche and less pressure than usual. Right, right. That, the, the backup left tackle for Miami actually played pretty well, Kendall Lamb, until he got hurt, and then they had to bring in another left tackle. Right, and, and the Dolphins just are falling apart in these unbelievable, uncanny sort of ways here. When you talk about third-string left tackles, you're talking about third-string quarterbacks. At the same time, I feel like they should have found a way to manufacture a victory in that game, especially the way that the, the Patriots are playing in the first half, particularly on offense, when the Patriots could do nothing on offense in the first half. And how do you not have some way of getting Hill and Waddle more involved in that game when Bridgewater was healthy? Yeah, I I don't know, especially Waddle, because the Patriots are usually weak against top uh, number two uh, wide receivers. And if Jonathan Jones is hopefully mostly on Hill, then you've got the, you know, like Miles Bryant on Waddle. Like you should be able to go after Waddle more. So I I definitely felt like that was a little disappointing from Miami. But um, Bridgewater, by our numbers, played well. I mean, yeah, he threw a pick six, but otherwise he played well. Then Thompson came in and was terrible. And he was a mess. He was a mess. Yeah. And, and then the pick six is a pick six. I mean, that's a big problem. Um, one thing you just notice when you watch the Dolphins, it's like, okay, these guys are covered. Where's Trent Sherfield? He had a big play a couple of weeks ago. He just sort of disappeared. He had a big years. play at one point in this game. Okay. Whatever happened to Mike Giusecki? Uh, you know, uh, he caught a touchdown. He did? He got, oh, he had the touchdown this game? Yeah. But he's clearly, like, not the tight end that McDaniel wants. Right. Right. It says if yesterday was the example, this is where the secondary guys are coming in. It's not enough. It's not enough. These other guys who have the the pedigree to step up aren't setting up. Patrick's out there saying lucky with interceptions, lucky with interceptions. I'm the first guy to go. The Patriots are getting lucky with interceptions. Patrick, did you see Devin McCourty have a senior moment yesterday? 
Yeah, that was one that they didn't get. <laughs> yeah, and that was Bridgewater. Like Bridgewater looked good overall on the stat sheet. That was one where he arm punted the ball down the field to no one, to yeah. no one. And McCourty kind of showed his age trying to fair catch what looked like a punt and bounced off his chest. It was there was a lot of that in that game. There was a lot of that in that game. Yeah, but you know what the Patriots really looked like is, I mean, like I said, I don't think they're going to get the seventh seed, but what they looked like was the seventh seed. They looked like, like, oh, you know, we're going to invite seven teams to the playoffs now. This is the kind of team that gets in, like the Bears from like a year or two ago. You know, they're just like all defense, no offense. Washington a couple of years ago got in like that. Yeah. Right. It it is often like, yeah, look at our pass rush and we've got very little else. Or look at our defense and we've got very little else. Yeah, but the defense is very, very good. Okay. Dolphins at plus 105. Patriots at plus 175. Steelers at plus 450. Yeah, I feel like the Patriots are a little over. I think that that overstates the Patriots' possibilities of beating the Bills. Although, obviously, right, if... If the Jets, if the Jaguars win and the Jets beat the Dolphins and the Browns beat the Steelers, yes. the Patriots are in with a loss. Right. Right. So that adds that element. Just looking if at everybody our- ties, if everybody ties at eight and nine, the Patriots win the tiebreaker. Wow. Wow. Still looks like the Steelers are a value at plus 450 based on. Sorry, if everybody but the Jaguars ties at eight and nine. If the Jaguars are also eight and nine, that's how the Jaguars make the wild card. Ah. But, but if the Jaguars gonna... beat the Titans, and let's assume that they will for the part of this of this argument, right? The Patriots do have that bank shot possibility of getting in if the Jets win and the Browns win. Then right. the Patriots can lose to the Bills, which they will, and <laughs> get in on the bank shot too. I take it you want the Patriots in. I mean, if you ask me who do I want in, the answer is the Patriots. I'm a Patriots fan. I would. Look, it's not like you're you're asking me, would you rather have a top five pick in the draft or a wild card loss? Right. You're asking me, would you rather have the 18th pick in the draft? Right. Or the 20th pick in the draft and a wild card loss? And the answer is, let's make the damn playoffs. Come on. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Patriots. I was rooting for Baltimore last night specifically because I wanted the Steelers out. Right. You know, because at that point, all you really needed was the Jets to beat the Dolphins. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm a fan. I want the Patriots to uh, I want the Patriots to make it. The uh, Patrick Seeley says if the Bills lose tonight, do they rest people next week? I think the Bills would have to lose tonight, and then Kansas City beats the Raiders. Yes. And then I think the Bills are locked into the two. Right. So maybe they do sit people. It's a weird combination. It's, it makes it weird that they put Kansas City on Saturday. Yes. You know, it also kind of nerfs their possibility of saying, well, maybe we could put Bill's Patriots as the primetime game, which they could right. have considered. Like, there yeah, was the possibility that, well, the possibility that if the, the fact that Bill's Bengals is tonight really hamstrung them in creating the schedule because right. tonight's result really matters for what matters for the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs for next week. Right, right. And that has us all in a waiting game right now. I mean, I personally, like, I don't want the Steelers in because I don't want to hear Kenny Pickett hallelujahs after there this. Was, look, look, 
There was a lot of like Kenny Pickett has been very good is what Chris Collinsworth said. And he has not been very good. That being said, he was impressive last night, Mm -hmm. especially his ability to do things out of structure on those last two drives. Last two drives. Props for last night. Last two drives. He played fine. Most of of his game up until now has been George Pickens. Where are you? Here you go. And big in your body parts and everything to bring these down <laughs> and, and, and do stuff like that. And that's and that's the, the the game plan for him. And again, okay, he looks good in the final two drives. They get there because the defense plays light that lights out. You're playing Tyler Huntley. He has no wide receivers. You get this many possessions, you get the chance to get the 16. And and, and again, I have nothing against Kenny Pickett, but the 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 aroma coming off of Steelers like media and Steelers Twitter about this guy, it's like I, I don't want them rewarded. I don't want them if, if you ask me who I think the public should want to make it, the answer is the Dolphins. Right. Because you want to see the Tyree kill Waddle. Right. And you hope that Tua is healthy enough to come back. I don't know. Maybe you hope that he's not healthy enough to come back for his own sake. But for, for football's sake, for football's sake, you want to see the Dolphins offense clicking in the playoffs. So if you said to me, the average fan, who does they want to, who do they want to see? They want to see the Jaguars win the South, and they want to see the Dolphins win the wild card. Yeah, I mean, I because, again, that, that makes sense. And I, I look at it like I don't want the Dolphins rewarded for the way they ended this season either. Then, well, let's reward the Patriots for having a good defense. But I feel like um, – I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, but is there something wrong with rewarding the team that had the dumbest play in NFL history this season? <laughs> The dumbest play in NFL history a couple weeks ago. The fourth and four yesterday. Oh, which, yeah, that, that sprint out. What the? The sprint out to nowhere, nowhere with all the receivers bunched in the corner, like the vibrating football game where they all, like, went to the little agitator and, like, and like it was terrible. And there, terrible. Was a third and, there was a third and one earlier in that game where I couldn't believe what I'm saying. It's like, okay, third and one, just give it to Ramondre, get your yard, keep moving. And it was like – this attempt to set up a double screen and Mac Jones keeps dropping, 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 dropping back. And he just gets flattened. And I'm like, who calls these plays? I'm like, Oh yeah. I remember who calls these plays. That explains it. But yeah, reward, reward the Patriots for perseverance and outstanding defensive play. And um, who knows? Maybe, maybe I really want the Titans in and then the Jaguars. Nobody wants the Titans in. Nobody wants the Titans in. You agree. Other Other than Titans fans, nobody wants to see the Titans. They're a shell. Right. Right, and even that, you're right. You're watching a shell of a team back into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, our show, by the way, is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And this is a great time of year to consider playoff fantasy football. Absolutely. Right. Everything else, your, your season is probably over at this point. My season was over around week three. And now's your chance to get in, redraft, underdog fantasy has a lot of redraft options best ball games etc you can play and aaron you have the uh information on them i never remember to, to print this stuff out you uh you have to enter promo code outsiders yes and if you enter promo code outsiders you can double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars you can either go to underdogfantasy.com or download underdog in your favorite app store whether it's uh Google or Apple, whichever is the app store of your choice. Right. Use promo code OUTSIDERS. Double your first deposit up to $100. Playoff Fantasy and jump into Playoff Fantasy now. If you feel like you've got an inkling about, let's say, which NFC team is going to make the seventh seed, right. 
you know, the Packers could do some damage or the Lions. I mean, even against San Francisco, how much do you trust Brock Purdy? You know, this is your chance to snag, you know, Rogers Watson stack for your best ball, you know, fantasy playoff team. Put them with the AFC team of your choice, you know, whatever Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, you know, maybe win some money. That's it. And as it's the game within the game, because we look at some of these wild card matchups, we're sitting here talking about, oh, uh, you know, maybe the Packers get in, maybe the Patriots get in. They're not that strong. They're going to get clobbered in the first round. It's fantasy. You can get a lot more action out of that by, you know, Picking guys who are going to get your touchdowns, get your yardage, things like that. Picking potential shootouts. I would not recommend picking any uh, New England Patriots uh, players, but maybe you pick the defense and special teams to go out there. Yeah. And, or, and the get Pitt- or if you think I'm right and Pittsburgh's going to be the team, Pittsburgh defense and special teams. Right. So underdog fantasy promo code is outsiders. Yes. Double deposit up to $100. Excellent. And one of the things that Aaron, uh, Ian and I used to do, Aaron, is uh, we would take the Monday night game. Yes. And, uh, and Ian would make a bunch of props up, and I would sit and nod. Um, but Ian's not here. I did the, a couple of props, and you'll get to sit and nod while I do that. First, overall thoughts going into this game tonight, besides it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, these teams are very evenly matched. I would say I slightly favor the Bills because they're a little bit more well-balanced as far as mm-hmm. defense and special teams go. But... Um, I would. It's not a surprise if the Bengals win at all. No, no. I'm, I lean Bengals, but I'm not. I'm not going to play the game itself. I'm really in wait and see mode. I want to see both these teams react to each other. Yes. Okay. But in terms of trying to get some props going, I wanted to to go big game hunting a little bit. I wanted to, I wanted to fish for some big fish here. I didn't want to just go like basic over unders. Was able to found some props on some alternate lines that I liked, and one of them. Josh Allen over 300 passing yards. Now that's at plus 205. That's not your standard over under for Josh Allen. That's a that's a deluxe, and it's plus 205 over 300. He was over 300 a couple weeks ago against the Dolphins. He was over uh, uh, 300. He's at 400 against the Dolphins in Week Three. He's hit three the 300 mark several times. He tends to get there in games that potentially are shootouts, and of course, this particular game is potentially a shootout against Joe Barrow. Now the Joe Barrow one was priced way up at 350. I didn't like it, but uh, Josh Allen at 300, 205. I love the meat on the bone there. I I think that's interesting. Uh, you know, if it is a, if it is a, a shootout, you know, I mean, I just believe in the bills defense to keep the Bengals mildly uh, down yeah. So like when we did the ESPN shock Monday night article, like I picked under on Joe Burrow and under on T Higgins. Mm. So, but I like the idea of the over on Allen on the plus, the plus two Oh five is nice. Juice. The plus two Oh five makes it worthwhile. I wouldn't do that on a plus 100. He's it's a real random assortment of games when he goes over 300 yards. Sometimes he's just drubbing an opponent, right. but sometimes and it, there's games like the Vikings game. I which could was see them passing more with, you know, trying not to run right into DJ reader all night. Right. Right. And then then Ken Dorsey does not need an excuse to throw, uh, call more passing plays. Now to balance it on the other side, like I said, the borough one was priced out of my range, checked it out. The bills are 25th in defensive DVOA against wide receiver ones. Yeah. Jamar chase over 125. Now that's way up high over 125 receiving yards, but we're getting that. At plus two seventy, yes. I pulled it out. 
before he got hurt, Jamar Chase had a couple of back-to-back games where he was in the 130 range, had another 120 recently. I think it was at like 118 recently. But again, if this game turns into a shootout like I think it is, that seems like it's not obviously. Darius Wyatt has not been shutting people down since he got back. Right. He has not been. And, and they're going to get the ball to Jamar Chase. So, again, now, now there's a lower prop on that. If you want 100 yards, I think you can get that about plus 105. You can take some lower ones along the way. We're going for big fish today. Not staying up for those games so I can, like, have little tiny bets here. I want big payouts. So those are my plays. Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase plus 125. Uh, Josh Allen plus 300. Big money lines on both of them. But make your own stacks. Remember, when you go to underdog fantasy, you can create these like five-legged. They're not parlays, okay, but they're they're it's very similar to over-under type bets. Pick your favorite guys along the way. Put together a, put together a variety of different stacks and play it your way. Get your get your football outsiders approved over on Chase, under on Higgins combination. Nice. There it goes. From Aaron Schatz at Football Outsiders on your ESPN article, right? Yes, it's from the ESPN Chalk. Well, the Higgins pick is from the ESPN Chalk. The Chase pick is from you. <laughs> <laughs> Useful title, by the way, is fantasy opponent tonight has Barrow and Chase. You're doomed. Uh, You're doomed. I, I just have to share with everybody the joy of zero running backs. In my home league with my friends from college, I went 15-2 and two this year. Okay. We don't have a playoffs. We just play through week 17 and the best record wins. Okay. But based on a Mahomes Kelsey stack, Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson, this is in an auction league. And okay. I paid nothing for my running backs and got Jamal Williams and Miles Sanders. Jamal Williams and who? Miles Sanders. Oh my God. So is yeah. this so it's an I ran auction? Away with the league. So it's an auction. It's probably an auction with a lot of people who are maybe running back skeptical to a degree. I mean, you have to play running. People backs paid for running backs, and I didn't. And you didn't. I may never pay for running backs again after this year. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jamal Williams. By the way, I understand getting him at that low rate. Miles Sanders getting him at that low rate was is really. I think stunning. it was he was only like six or seven bucks or something. It was you know after all the big ones went, Miles Sanders went later. That's definitely the strategy in auction leagues. Let somebody else pay for Jonathan Taylor, take on the injury risk, and you grab it. I love it. I love it. Maybe someday I'll learn that. All right. Winner and loser of the week. This is a thing we do. Obviously, needs no introduction. Last Sunday, a lot of games. Some guys did good. Some guys did bad. I'm going to start with you, Aaron, and ask you, who is your winner of the week for Week 17 Sunday? My winner of the week is Aaron Rodgers. Because he played well, uh, not great, but he got the defense and special teams to drag him along a bit and got revenge against Minnesota for their week one loss and got a chance to be swarmy because the Packers are very likely going to be the team that gets the last wild card in the NFC and then he can like lord it up all over everybody. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is my winner of the week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wins when he gets to be smug. Yep. <laughs> The greatest victory for Aaron Rodgers is for his ability to feel superior to others. See, I, I, I didn't pick a Packers guy. If I was picking a Packer, it would have been it would have been Alexander. Oh but, yeah, because he boy he has a right to be smug after shutting down Jefferson. Holy, he shut Christ. down Jefferson. He did the gritty, and he wore the giant hat. Did you see the giant hat? He did. He wore the giant hat. Yeah, he wore the big ass hat. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is your winner of the week. But by the way, that game, the Vikings. Just 
looked terrible. The fact that they couldn't find, I'm curious if Alexander had help, you know, to go back and look at like, you know, how much safety help there was there. Because right. Alexander hasn't been good enough this year to just shut Justin Jefferson down. There had to be more to it than that. There's more to it than that. I'm sure I didn't look at the tape or anything like that. Savage was running around having a good game. Cousins was not having a good game. But just the, it's it's watching the Vikings have games like this. It's 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 comical. By the way, Flynn Haggerty says, Rodgers gets me swarmy until he plays the San Francisco and the Packers D gives up like six yards of carry. Yeah, we've, basically. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen it before. We've seen it before. Let's see if we see it again this time. My winner of the week is Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers for some of the things that we discussed so far in this game. Still in wildcard contention somehow. I look at the Steelers and I say, what is this team? What What is this? And the answer is it's TJ Watt. It's Pickens. And yeah. it shouldn't be. It should they Still in contention for Tomlin to never have a losing record. Never has a losing record. Ben Roethlisberger turns 95 years old in the huddle, doesn't have a losing record. Has these seasons where injuries are all over the place, doesn't have a losing record. This team, now the offensive line has come around, but when you looked at the offensive line on paper in the first couple weeks, that was a mess. You look at the overall play of the defense in the first half of the year, especially when you had wide in and out and things like that, it wasn't good. The quarterback situation is bad, and yet here they are. Yeah, it's really, uh, I mean, you know, there's quality players on that defense. Cameron Hay, I don't think it's all coaching. Patrick Seely thinks it's all coaching. You yeah. know, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Steelers are still alive is kind of nuts. Yeah, it's lar- it's largely coaching, I think. There's a really big element, again, keeping this, these teams level-headed getting next man up, getting the succession game, et cetera. Yeah, but I will say the Steelers have, you know, rotated through a number of defensive coordinators, and they always get the same results, so. Yeah, absolutely true. And, again, the Steelers look like they're a playoff team. Colts are gone. Derek, if you're watching, enjoy She-Hulk. It's a lot of fun. Um, losers of the week. Ah, there it is. I forgot. I, I was I was uh, teeing you up on the Vikings, and here they are. They're your loser yes. of the week. Loser of the week, Vikings. Vikings looked like terrible um, against, you know, they have to go into the playoffs thinking, can we beat playoff team? I mean, I know they, they beat Buffalo, but they right. looked all, you know, whenever they play a real team, for the most part, they look awful. Mm-hmm. And they looked awful this week. Minus 95% DVOA against the Packers. <laughs> so Vikings are my losers of the week. Minus 95%. Especially Cousins. Cousins in particular looked bad this week. Cousins look bad this week. Um, I was going to say their defense looked bad. Their defense didn't look terrible. The problem is when you get a pick six, kickoff return, touchdown, all these other right. things you're playing by from behind, et cetera. I'm just trying to think, minus 95%. I'm guessing they put a similar burger up against the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it was not. I think the Cowboys game they did better in. This one, okay. so the thing is, their two touchdowns at the end come after in, in garbage time. So DVOA discounts those somewhat. Okay. Okay. So it's really like they lost like 40 to three. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was running the numbers. Of course, they're the only 12 win team in history right now has a negative point differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at negative 19. The next lowest team, which was the Derek Carr Raiders playoff team from a couple of years ago. 12 and four with Cleo Mack and those guys plus 31, which means the Vikings could win by 49 points. 
next week and still have the lowest point differential of any team in NFL history to win 12 or more games. So, yes. And I figured out that in order to not be the luckiest team ever by Pythagorean projection, they either have to lose by four or fewer points or okay. win by 33 or more. Okay. How, so how Either does that of those things would move them behind the 1992 Colts? Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, 12 and five would be a different win percentage. Right. Than 13 and, and four. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we, we will see a luckiest team in history article. I hope very likely they are. They very, are the luckiest team in history. Very likely. All we do at football outsiders is troll football uh, Vikings fans because we love it. And because they just, des- well, the Vikings deserve it. Fans deserve to enjoy things. Um, my loser of the week, Gardner Minshew, maybe it's been here in Eagles country being a little salty after the loss yesterday. And part of the loss yesterday, I think, goes to Nick Sirianni and, and Shane Steacham for putting the ball in Gardner Minshew's hands so thoroughly and so like like unnecessarily in the first half of this game. Folks who didn't watch the Eagles against the Saints, Eagles did not get a first down in the first half. Okay, they only ran the ball twice in the first half. The first several series was Minshew dropping back to pass and getting sacked. Now, part of it is Lane Johnson was hurt. You as a coach, you as a coordinator, know Lane Johnson is hurt. You know Jack Driscoll is out there. You know you do not have your scrambling quarterback. You do not have your backup quarterback. But Minshew was awful. He was taking too long to throw the ball. He was taking sacks. He was doing the thing where he tries to dance around the pocket, and he's Gardner Minshew. He is C- minus at best uh, real elusiveness and on the one hand it's like well this is probably just you know the eagles will should be able to beat the giants next week giants have nothing to play for Minshew was on that list Minshew was on that list of guys who might have been the jets quarterback i see them being named here okay one of those guys who would be oh he's going to come in and be our bridge quarterback along the way i cannot imagine after this particular loss Minshew is going to be on that short list of guys who will get starting opportunities next year yeah he's a backup He's a backup. The sacks, took, they took a lot of sacks. Yes. That's the any given Sunday game. And I told Kale, please go back and look at the sacks and how much of that was Minshew and how much of it was Lane Johnson being absent because mm-hmm. that's a lot more sacks than Eagles quarterbacks have been taking most of the most of the uh, of the year. Right. And, and I, I'm guessing Kale's going to find it's, it's, it's almost like a 50-50 to a degree. Yeah. But slow trigger getting rid of the ball weird reads the pick six was a very weird read where Lattimore is just sitting there looking for a slant and, yep. the, and, and the ball goes straight and like AJ Brown looks like I, I'm just going to run the route because you're going to go to the other side of the field when you see this coverage and Minshew threw it in there uh, Flynn Haggerty asked should the Jets and Finns be losers they were outperforming <laughs> TVOA but seeing I don't think you could, the Dolphins are losers in that they lost the game and they've got a losing streak Mm-hmm. But it's hard to, hard to call them the loser of the week. Yeah, when they kept it close and were forced to go to their third string quarterback. Yeah, uh, the Jets played. Uh, you know, Mike White turned back into a pumpkin. Basically, the, the, a- their defense controlled the Seahawks in the last three quarters of the game. The Seahawks just scored enough in the first quarter to win, but right. Mike White was not good against a bad defense. Mike White was not good. Yeah, Se- Seahawks offense looked really good early in that game. Um, White made his share of mistakes. Jets' offensive line looks terrible. And they had a lot of injuries. A lot of, a lot of injuries. They got Fant back, and Fant, oh, the, the five games he looked good as a, like a left tackle, that, I think those mm. were the five games he looked good as a left tackle. Mm. I don't think he's the answer there. So 
the two, one of the things the Jets have to do going back to the drawing board, we all see the same thing. They're going to get a veteran quarterback in there. They got to yep. fix that offensive line and they got to sort of make sure they build and reinforce what they've got on defense there because they've got the pieces of an outstanding defense, play like an outstanding defense at times. I think that they need more reinforcement there. Yes, yet, Dolphins, just, Patrick Sealy points out the Dolphins are still alive and the Jets are dead. So the loser of the week uh, between those two teams is the Jets. Yes. Or maybe the real loser is the Washington Commanders because Ron Rivera did not even know they were eliminated when they lost. Yeah. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Also, Major Tuddy is Major Tuddy is a weird name for your mascot. Major Tuddy? Is that the Commanders? Did you not see their new mascot? It's a hog named Major Tuddy. Okay. I'm going to start here. Commanders and majors are two different branches of the armed services. Commanders are the Navy. Majors are the Army. So if you're the commanders, you should not have a major. That's my first problem. Secondly, it's a hog. The one thing I know about the commanders over the last couple of weeks, besides Carson Wentz, is that they ticked the hogs off. Yeah. They literally got John Riggins. They got John Riggins, this paragon of virtue, mad at them for using the hogs likeness without like acknowledging the hogs at any. Okay? Yes. And Russ Grimm, yes. And some of these guys are in there. And his name is Major Tutty. Major so, Tutty. Well, my mama said to get things done, you better not mess with Major Tutty. <laughs> And you sure as hell better not mess with Carson Wentz because this is what happens. You get eliminated and you wind up being Ron Rivera and having to coach a team with Major Tutty as a mascot. But I think <laughs> a literal war pig, according to useful title. Keep Black Sabbath out of this, guys. I think it's time to wrap this podcast up. Yeah. On behalf of everybody here at Football Outsiders, on behalf of Underdog Fantasy, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hey, if you are watching us later, like us, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, okay? Consider becoming an FO Plus member. Check out the deals we have there. Very easy to do. You get access to a lot of bonus features. You get uh, bonus articles from Derek Klassen every week. Uh, you get a lot of things that are going south right now for the playoffs, but we'll be coming back at draft time. We're going to have some specials for you during the draft. And also, if you look at the bottom of the page, there's a Discord channel. Hang out with us on Discord during the playoffs, especially on those Saturday games. I will be on the Discord. Folks, I have no life. I have no social life outside of this. I will probably be on that Discord Saturday night talking about the Titans and the Jaguars. It's always a lively debate. It goes off topic. We start doing David Bowie references, Black Sabbath references. You'll know what's going to go on there. Uh, so come hang out with us. I know that doesn't sound like an enticement. Really, it's fun, but do so. It's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time. Aaron, thank you for doing this with you. We're going to be back on Thursday, right? Yes. So uh, this is the last week with shows every day, 1 p.m. Eastern, and then uh, including us on Thursday. And then next week we go to a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday playoff schedule with me and Mike on Monday and Thursday and Cale Clinton and Jackson Roberts doing news around the league on Wednesdays. Awesome. Awesome. We're done with the all week podcast. This is the last week. Where has the time gone? Yeah. <laughs> 2023, don't forget it on your checks, buddy. Yes, 2023, don't forget it on your checks. Until Thursday, this is Aaron and I signing off. Take care. Thanks for watching.